Okay. Uh, let me uh, begin our time with prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we are incredibly grateful for you and for your kindness to us today. Uh, we are, uh, we want to offer our lives to you, and oftentimes we don't know how to do that. I pray that some of what we talk about right now would help us to figure out a way for us to serve and to offer our lives to you. And I pray that everyone in this room would think well about that. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, welcome again. Um, today we're going to start uh, continue our training. The first few weeks, first three weeks that we were together, the first week we talked about the vision and values of uh, our church. The second week we talked about, first week we talked about vision and mission. Second week we talked about our values and pre-commitments. Last week we talked about what it means to be on the launch team. This week we're going to start getting into what we're going to do. Okay, And so uh, the, way, the, way, the way the church plant works is that there are a, a set of of things that have to happen, that have to be in place in order for us to launch the church publicly, all right? And once those things are accomplished, we can launch. We could launch, you know, if it happened in a month, we could be doing it in a month. If it happened in six months, we could do it in six months. But these are the things that have to be in place. They're called launch indicators. Um, and you have to kind of think through what you want to do in your church when it launches. And we've kind of narrowed that down to the minimal amount. And I want to share those with you today. In hopes that um, you will do two things. Right? The first is that you uh, will pray that that God will do these things. That God will provide for us. We need God's provision in all these areas. Um, and then two, that you will think about how God has made you. What kind of talents and gifts and resources that God has given you in your life. And how you can pitch in where you would fit in some of these areas. All right? Now, we've already talked about how in a church plan, everybody has to help. All right? And so I'm not just talking to the adults in the room. Kiddos, friends, everybody needs to help. And everybody in the room has gifts that God has given you. In fact, next week, uh, we're going, after we've kind of talked about these indicators and you can have a week to think about how you fit next week, we are going to do a spiritual gifts assessment uh, while we're here. And you can think about how God has made you that may fit in some of these ways. Okay, so next week we're going to talk a little bit about spiritual gifts and do an assessment while we're here. Um, so I'm just going to walk through them. There are five major areas, five major launch indicators. The first is sort of the big picture of what needs to be accomplished. And there are four sections of that. Uh, one is participation. All right, so right now, we probably have uh, uh, 20 families, somewhere between 15 and 20 families that are involved in our, in our group. Uh, sometimes, not everybody's always here at the same time, but that's generally how many we have. What we'd really like to have are 50 committed adults to our ministry before we launch. And we'd like to at least think that we can get 100 people to come to our worship service. Okay. Our first worship service, we would like to be able to invite people in your neighborhood, your friends, people that have been looking for a church home, people who have been de-churched, de people that you're building relationships with. We want to invite them, and we want to try to have at least 100 people in our first worship service. Okay, And considering you know, we've been having between 40 and 60 here, I think that's not going to be too difficult to do. Um, the second is a place. Let me tell you a little bit about what we're doing in regards to this. Um, Gen the location that we're generally looking at is if you put your finger on the hospital, which is right, almost uh, right near where Friendship Road and Highway 211 come together. OK, 
okay? If you put your finger there and you went out five miles and drew a circle, somewhere in there is where we want to meet, okay? And what's difficult is that we really need a place that can seat probably 200 people. Not, not because we're going to have 200 people immediately, but one, because of COVID, it spread people out. And two, because we want to grow. We don't want to immediately have to leave once we fill up the room. So seating around 200, uh, a space where we can spread up a little bit. And it would also be helpful to have some sort of exterior spaces where we can have nursery, toddler, that sort of stuff during our worship service. So, and we would prefer to meet Sunday mornings. Uh, I know some of you like Sunday afternoons, <laughs> but Sunday mornings are preferable for a number of reasons around here. And we'd like to probably meet somewhere between 10 and 10.30. So having a space, I'll tell you that because we're looking for a space that would seat 200, uh, that's somewhere in that area that, where we can meet at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. It's not something that we have to rent all week. We have money to rent, but we really need to start thinking about that. I've looked in a number of places. Um, I'm actually meeting with the Brazelton City Manager next week. I appreciate you praying for that. As I talk to her about some potential locations, they're probably going to be closer to the downtown area, but... As you think of places, I've already had somebody come in here and tell me just a minute ago about another spot. Let's let's continue to have that dialogue. Let me know because we're looking. So that's got to happen. Thirdly, um, culture. Um, and what we mean by culture is that we are developing as the launch team a culture of abiding. We're going to talk about that till we're blue in the face. Where you guys are connecting with Jesus. We see that happening in your individual spiritual lives, but also in D groups that a lot of you are in. We're seeing this being cultivated in your lives. Uh, and so I want you to continue to think about that. Also, culturally, we want to have a culture of being outward facing and missional. And so we, we're hoping that you're hospitable toward your neighbors and that you're inviting and that sort of thing. So those are the things that we're sort of looking to see. Will they click in place you know, so that we can launch? Uh, the fourth area is funding. I'll give you a little update on our funding. Um, our desire was to raise $250,000 a year for three years. Okay, uh, What that does is puts us in a really good position as a church to have some money in the bank for whenever we want to uh, add staff or whenever we want to rent a place. If it's more expensive than, we're, than, than we have the money for, it's nice to have some money in the bank. Um, we're not going to spend all of that every year. Our budget is not $250,000 for this year. Uh, right now, we have ra- we have in the bank about 175. That's where we are right now. With two months left to go, they're usually the busiest two months of the year in terms of people giving. But that's what we're looking for. We really need folks. And so, what I wanted to ask you to consider—I know a lot of you give, and I appreciate your giving—but if you know, if you have friends um, that are kingdom-minded and that have money they need to give away by the end of the year. And you wouldn't be, you'd be surprised how many people really just need to give money away at the end of the year. We could definitely use some help at the end of the year. We'd really like to have, raise $250,000 this year. So if you know folks, please introduce them to me. I'd love to take them to lunch and talk about what we're doing and that sort of thing. Uh, and also, those of you that are giving, continue to give. Thank you so much for what you're doing up to this point. But we're, we're okay. We're going to end up having money in the bank to start next year. All right, so that's the big picture. Any questions about the big picture? You guys want anything? Okay. Um, second, second area that has to be in place before we start is worship. Okay? And basically, this is Sunday morning, what we're going to try to do on Sunday mornings. Um, and there are lots of needs. And what I'm going to try to do is share a little bit about the area and then the needs that we have in the area. 
And then if you feel like you, your gifting may fit with some of that, just come talk to me. Okay? That's what I want you to do. Okay? So worship uh, is what we do on Sunday morning. And that's everything from uh, getting, getting the place that we're going to meet in ready and decorated and set up um, to uh, music that we have to tech to reading the things that we do during the service, like reading scripture, uh, prayer, uh, set up and take down, uh, ushering, greeting, all those things, you know, are kind of fit into Sunday morning. <clears throat> and so if any of those things interest you, um, please come talk to me. Okay. Uh, we need to, we need to be looking for people that might have gifts in that area that want to give themselves over for it. Um, the second area is small groups. Okay. Now, um, small groups in our church, we're going to have two kinds. I'll say it this way. Two kinds of small groups. Uh, one kind is going to be a community group. And community groups are going to be geographic. We probably will start out with two or three of them. They will have three purposes. Uh, one purpose is upreach, which is that they want to uh, be engaged with God and Scripture. But they'll probably talk through what we do on Sundays in the group. So there'll be sermon questions that they'll answer and talk about in the group. So that's the first thing, vertically. The second is inreach, which means that we're trying, it's a way for people that come and visit our services on Sunday to be invited more deeply into the life of the church, to get to know new people, to build community. And so there'll be a way that they can do that. And we'd like to have them somewhat geographically spread out so that people can have an invite near their home. So we'll have, so upreach, inreach, and then outreach. These groups, I'm going to say it, I'll say this a thousand times to you. These groups are made to multiply, to split. They're not meant for you to have four of your really good friends and you never leave each other. Okay, that's not the point. The point is for us to be able to bring people into the life and the community of the church and that everyone has a way in to be able to do that. This is another door into our church. And so <clears throat> these groups will hopefully raise up leadership within themselves and multiply over time so that we have more of them, so that we can have more people involved in the community groups. That's what those groups are for, upreach, inreach, outreach. That's one group that we have, okay? The other group that we have are what we're called discipleship groups. They're smaller groups, generally four to seven people, led by an older Christian that has been in one before. Um, and these groups are meant to uh, sort of dive deep into what we're doing in the church. Uh, we have some structure that is set up where we want them to uh, deal with the scriptures every week. Or excuse me, we want them to deal with the scriptures in their content. We want them to equip people to serve in the kingdom. We want them to have a, a measure of accountability for the people in the groups. We want them to be missional where people are thinking about people in their lives that they're reaching out to, and we want them to pray. So th those are sort of the, the benchmarks of those groups. And we're the older Christians investing in younger Christians, growing them up in the faith. Usually they're a year commitment. Okay, where people will be in those groups for a year, and then if the, if some of the people in the group that had been in for a year would like to lead one, they can lead one as we go on. So they're meant to, to multiply too, but these groups are really meant to help you abide. That's what they're for. Small groups to help people abide with Jesus in their life. They're smaller by nature, and they hold us accountable to working through those things. I can tell you more about those later on. But those are, the two, those are small groups. Those are the things that need to be. And so when the church is launched, we have some of the discipleship groups already growing. What we really need are community groups. That's where we need to put our emphasis and start there. Um, and so we need people that might be interested in hosting those at their house. We need people that uh, might be interested in teaching or leading some of those groups at their homes. 
Uh, we need people that might be willing to uh, provide refreshment, that sort of thing in those groups. So gifts like hosting, teaching, prayer, leadership, encouragement, service, those are the things we're looking for for people that might want to help or be called to help with this area. Um, thirdly, assimilation. We've already talked to you a little bit about this in some of our training, but assimilation are ba- basically the, the paths that we create in the church for people to connect. That's the way we're thinking about them, paths for people to connect. So um, somebody in the community is looking for a church. How do they find out about Christ the King? Well, usually they'll go on the Internet, right, and search for the kind of church. They'll look for churches in the area, or they'll look for PCA churches or Reformed churches. And <clears throat> So we need to be able to have our website set up. We need to be able to link people to where we're going to meet. Uh, we need to be able to have sort of a, that, that sort of uh, web social media side of what we're doing so that people know who we are and what we're doing. Um, we also need, when people come to the church, for them to be able to know where to go, for people to greet them, for people to help them find their way around and to introduce them to people and that sort of stuff. Eventually, we'd like for the whole congregation to have a heart for inviting people into their homes, to help people think about how to do that. We want to direct people to community groups and how they can be involved in community groups. We want people that come to the church to be able to figure out ways that they can serve, where they can volunteer or help out, where we can plug them in in terms of what we're doing. That's what assimilation is. Okay, We're trying to help people not just become members, that's part of it, but really connect with the church. How do they connect with us? Um, and so, you know, if, if you, this is a very wide range of gifts that are available here. Uh, people that are website people, people who would want to greet and make name tags and give name tags to people, people who want to take when we get information from people and send a note to someone and welcome them to the church, um, people that want to do marketing or communication or hospitality. There's loads of areas that you could help out with here. And then the fourth one is kids ministry. And I know I've told you this a number of times, but we are moving from being sort of a family church to more of a corporate church. We're going to move from one to the other slowly. And this is one area that's going to have to move slowly is kids and how we minister to them. But really, our desire for kids ministry is to help our kids follow Jesus, right? Um, And there are two things I want to share about this. The first is, is that we are going to have a, a concerted effort in the beginning to have nursery and that sort of stuff during our worship service. And we're going to move slowly toward a ministry to kids as we think about how we want to do that on Sunday mornings, but also outside of Sunday mornings. Okay, So we're going to be thinking through that over the next few months. But also, this is probably something that we'll be thinking about for a long time. You know, This is going to be a slow growth for us. Um, when we talk about youth that are in our church, there are a lot of you that are in the church. Obviously, we're not big enough to have a youth ministry. Okay. There will be times that we, I mean, I think it would be great if the small group, uh, group, for example, would think about ways to develop small groups for the youth. That would be a healthy way that we could spend time with kids. Kids could spend time with kids in our church. We'll do things with you and that sort of stuff, of course. But if you want a full orb youth ministry experience, we can't offer that. We just don't, we're not able to do that yet. I hope that we will be in the years to come, be able to do that. But right now, what we are doing is pointing our youth to other PCA churches that have youth ministries in our area. Chestnut Mountain has a very good youth ministry. Restoration Presbyterian has a very good youth ministry. Um, uh, uh, Scott Bull's church has a very good youth ministry. And we would be happy for you to go to any of those uh, and be and if your family's involved in Christ the King. That's sort of the way we're thinking. We're sharing and connected with our friends until we can develop something on our own. 
So with kids ministry, there's lots of gifting areas that we need. We need people that are good with spending time with kids, with babies especially. We need people that are good teachers and organizers, people who are good at administration and prayer and serving in these particular ways, especially who have a heart for children. I was actually, <clears throat> I'm in a cohort of other church planners, and we had a guy come to our cohort and talk about children's ministry the other day, and it was so, so good. But he was so fired up when he was a kid. Um, what, some of his friends invited him to a vacation Bible school at some random Baptist church he'd never been to before. And he goes to the Baptist church, and he's converted. He remembers exactly what was said about, he was talking particularly about our hearts and how our hearts have a throne on them, and someone sits on the throne, and uh, we, we try to sit on it, but it is made for Jesus to sit on it. And the, kid, the guy committed his life to Jesus, went home, and of course, what did he do? He told his parents about it, who kind of got freaked out, but eventually they became part of the church and were converted too. And this guy now leads a children's ministry at this really big church, uh, equipping other teachers to teach children, okay? And it's all because of somewhere, and he doesn't even remember the church, where it is, or anything about it, just that they had this stuff for kids. And he had this great quote when he was speaking, where he said this, I thought this was fascinating. He says, no one becomes more open to the gospel as they get older. Isn't that interesting? That it's when children's hearts are young, they are more open to considering the gospel, than, and so we have to strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> that's what he was saying. So that's what we're thinking about. Maybe that's a place where God is creating your heart a desire to serve here. Uh, but these are the things that, uh, that we have to get in place. Obviously, it's a lot of work. It's a lot that we have to do. And so we need everyone to be willing to pitch in and help. So over the next few weeks, we're going to try to do some things to help you think about where you fit uh, and to think about ways that you can pitch in and help as we move closer to the end of the year. Um, any questions about these areas? Anything at all? Y'all are not the most inquisitive group. It is Sunday afternoon. I'll remember that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's certainly like all of these things are significantly affected. Um, I think they'll definitely be slowed down because of that. You know, we're not going to come out uh, with the full orb ministry and all these things. We're going to have to think about how to do them and do them well. Small groups in particular, you know, I, what I'm seeing among my friends is a movement to more small groups in the church because it's a safer environment than, you know, a large group. Um, and it's the thing that keeps moving along in the church. I think that's one of the reasons that discipleship groups have been so encouraging here is because they're smaller and they're not as worrisome as having 60 people together. So, But yes, we're thinking about that. I, I, I don't have an answer for you, though. So. We've got our best people on it. Tell you okay, anyone else? Any other questions? Okay. Um, well, uh, I do want to say a couple of other, one other thing that I wanted to kind of get you thinking about too. I've had some people ask me this question. Um, this is more of an announcement than a continuation of this. But um, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we are going to meet. Okay? And we're not going to have training, but what we are going to do is have a, a special service, like a Thanksgiving service for you. And I want to do that from time to time so that, you know, if your family's in town, they can feel free to come and be a part of what we're doing. If you've got, even if you've got friends that you want to invite, feel free to do that. It can be sort of like a preview service for whatever we launch. But uh, anybody that wants to come to that are more than welcome to. But we'll have a, a Thanksgiving service that day. Um, and it'll probably be a little bit longer than usual, but 
That's kind of what we're going to do for that. Um, we're probably also going to have a, a Christmas Eve service, but I'll have more details about that once I know more. So, Andrew, do you have a question? Yes, I think we will have a Christmas Eve service. I'm actually talking to another church plant about the possibility of doing it together with them. Um, so, um, but we'll let you know once we know. Yes. Anyone else? Okay. All right. Well, uh, let me pray for us. We'll depart. Father, uh, thank you for uh, your work here, the way that so many of these things are already coming together, even though we have not worked very hard at it. It's obvious that you are working hard at it, that you're bringing good people who love you um, to do this work. Lord, I pray uh, that you would bring just the right people in each of these areas to grow our church and that these things would be really good as we start. And I pray um, particularly, Father, uh, that you would um, give us a place to meet, that you would lay that out before us, that in February, maybe even January, that we would have our place to call our own, where we can meet in the morning, um, and that it would be a great place. So, Father, please uh, help us. Please give us that. We ask, please, Father. Um, we also ask that you would bring in uh, the funds that we need to continue the church plant, that you would take care of us. You have been so generous to us so far. I pray, Father, that you would help us, Father, to, um, to be in good shape for the years to come, uh, that we uh, may be able to do lots more for the kingdom um, with the monies that you give us. Help us to be responsible with those and thoughtful with those. Um, and Lord, uh, I also pray that you would uh, bring folks here. Help us to begin to all think about people that we know that we want to be a part, that we want to share what's happening in our lives through the plant with them, that we want to invite them to come and be a part of what we're doing. And we pray, Father, most of all, like we, we pray for people to come to know you through our church. We pray for people to be converted here. Uh, that um, you would bring not just more Christians, but people who have questions and who are trying to find out what it means to uh, live in your kingdom, who are, are absent hope and need a group of people that are um, linked to you in their life. So, Father, please uh, give us grace there. Help us to abide in you in the days to come. And uh, we thank you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.